The mission is simple, to help high achievers naturally eliminate emotional and physical obstacles so they can optimize their life for higher achievement. Welcome. You have just entered the Genesis Zone. Good day. Good day. And welcome to the Genesis Zone show. This is Dr. Brian Brown. Thank you for taking time out of your busy Thursday to join us today. Uh, Have you or someone you know ever received bad news? And I'm talking about medically speaking. And I'm also talking about a a life-altering diagnosis of some kind. Um, Well, if you've lived any length of time on this planet, then at some point you've likely experienced this, whether directly uh, yourself or indirectly through someone that you really care about. So the grand question is this, um, what do you do when this happens in your life? How do you handle this type of stress? Well, many people who listen to my podcast are female. It's a fact. I've been aware of this for years now. I I suspect it's because women are significantly more in tune with their bodies than men are. And women are more prone to seeking preventive health care than men are. So for the sake of the show, not that I don't want to speak to men, but I'm primarily gearing today's show towards speaking directly to women. Did you know that if you're a female, you're three times more likely than a man to be diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. You're three times more likely to have a diagnosis of MS. You're nine times more likely to have a diagnosis of lupus and 10 times more likely to have a diagnosis of Hashimoto's thyroiditis, or that's an autoimmune thyroid condition. Cancer risk also seems to be more prevalent among women in certain cancers. And if you're a female, of course, you're 100 times more likely than a man to be diagnosed with breast cancer. You're three times more likely to have a diagnosis of thyroid cancer and 1.2 times more likely to have a diagnosis of colon cancer. And as if that wasn't enough, over age 65, women are more prone than men to have severe coronary artery disease, heart failure, and a condition called Takatsubo cardiomyopathy. Now, it's a Japanese term named after the doctor that discovered it, but it simply means a quote-unquote broken heart syndrome. Yep, you heard me right. You can literally have a broken heart that causes a grief-related congestive heart failure. And I got to be honest with you, the fatality rate on that is extremely high. So if you develop this broken heart syndrome, uh, you're you're very likely to really struggle and probably not bounce back from that. Um, if you've ever heard of uh, a couple that has been married for um, 50, 60 years, one person in the couple dies, and then within one or two weeks, the other person dies, chances are it was Takatsubo cardiomyopathy, a broken heart syndrome, happens all the time. And we don't give it enough credit here in the United States. In Europe and in Asia, it's recognized more than it is here. The reasons for the higher prevalence of cardiac conditions, autoimmune conditions, and cancer among women really aren't fully understood. But nevertheless, it's a phenomenon that puts women more likely to receive bad news medically than men. And whereas we may not necessarily understand why these conditions occur, I have some ideas. If you've heard me say it once here on the show, I've said it a thousand times. All disease is an inflammatory process. 
and inflammatory processes are synonymous with a breakdown in immune function. So if you have ever received a bad diagnosis or want to preemptively put a plan in place just in case it ever happens, I'd like to share an inspiring story with you and then wrap up with a few tips directly from this person. In the past year, I had the distinct pleasure of uh, meeting one of the most inspiring people I've ever met in my entire life. And that's saying a lot because I love people and I meet a lot of people, talk to a lot of people, um, and, and just been exposed to a lot of inspiring souls uh, through my years on this planet. Anyway, this person and I have become dear friends in a very short period of time. I won't tell you her name so that I can honor her privacy, but I am dedicating today's show to her inspiring life. She's 74 years young, and at age 60, she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Other than having a radical mastectomy on the left side, she opted not to do chemotherapy and radiation, uh, which didn't make her oncology surgeon very happy at all. Nevertheless, she stayed true to who she was, and she stayed the course, never wavering and knowing in her heart that she was going to be completely healed from this cancer, regardless of the chemotherapy and radiation. And she was, she's remained cancer free for 14 years. Now you may be saying, well, Dr. B, uh, she had surgery and that was enough. That just did the trick. Well, in most cases, I might agree with you, but recent research is beginning to, uh, to show us that even surgery in some cancer cases may not be the best option because it causes little cancer cells to seed throughout the body via the blood vessels and the lymphatic system when surgery causes that disruption of that capsule for that cancer. I mean, how many times have you heard of someone having cancer, receiving surgery to remove the cancer, and it, the cancer was isolated in a certain area? And then all of a sudden, after the surgery, the cancer spread everywhere. It's because of this seeding process. This is, this is new, relatively new knowledge in the medical field that is, hear me when I say this, very slow to catch on. But it's being talked about in cancer research circles. Just the unfortunate thing is it may take decades uh, to get any traction in real-life applications in clinical settings. Uh, in her particular case, um, chemo and radiation would have been kind of a no-brainer option if you're one of those people who follow Western medicine practices carte blanche. Now, she would tell you that she used to be one of those people, but something clicked in her with the cancer, and she said, no more. I'm not going to do it. I'll do the surgery. I won't do the chemo and radiation because I believe I can bring about healing in myself. So, uh, she was certainly not one of those people that uh, uh, wanted to follow that Western medicine um, mindset. She began to listen to her own intuition and over time uh, came up with a regimen that looks something like this. The first thing she did, she radically changed her diet to include only fruits and vegetables, no meat, no dairy, no bread, and certainly no processed foods. Now we've laughed about this and she will jokingly tell you, that 14 years removed from her cancer diagnosis and that surgery, she calls herself a Cheegan or uh, in other words, a cheating vegan. And she'll now allow herself the occasional egg 
and bread and cheese uh, in her diet. Now, not all vegans keep bread out of her diet, but she wanted to keep grains out of her diet for a reason because they tend to be pro-inflammatory and she knew that. So she allows herself to have some bread and some eggs and some cheese now. So she calls herself a Cheegan. But that's only the tip of the iceberg. She added acupuncture and therapeutic massage to her self-care routine very early on and has continued to do that even to this day. Um, she added IV infusions uh, at very high doses of antioxidants early in the first few years. And she'll tell you the most, most important thing um, was that she began working on her mind and her spirit. Um, and, and, and this is where I'd like to focus today's show on what she has to teach us about taking care of your mind and your spirit when you receive bad news. Um, because I think her life story has something very valuable for us to learn here. Before I tell you what she did to get her mindset uh, right and minister to her own spirit, let me share some recent research. Uh, and those who've been hanging around for some time uh, following the show uh, know that I have mentioned the growing evidence that suggests meditation and mindfulness practices uh, may have a positive impact on reducing inflammation in the body even at the genetic level. And there are plenty of research studies that are starting to come out showing that. Uh, inflammation is a complex biological process that plays a role in various health conditions, including chronic diseases such as cardiovascular disease, autoimmune disorders, and cancer that we've talked about at the top of the show. Meditation and mindfulness involves a mind-body connection that is shown to positively influence physiological processes. By promoting re relaxation and calmness, meditation may help regulate the body's stress response and as such, help reduce the symptoms associated with certain diseases, or I think we're going to find out in the near future, maybe even reverse those diseases over time. And certainly in my inspiring story today, it reversed her disease over time. Uh, several studies have examined the effects of meditation on markers, measurable markers of inflammation and immune function, such as measurably being able to lower the levels of C-reactive protein and other pro-inflammatory cytokines, and also measurable, measurable improvements in immune markers as well. So what did my inspiring friend do to take care of her spirit and her mind at the highest level? If you've got a pen, a piece of paper, grab it because this is really important. Um, the first thing she did to work on her mind and her spirit was learning to say no. She will tell you very fondly that she was famous for overcommitting, but call it perspective, call it a wake up call, whatever you want to call it. She learned quickly when she was diagnosed with cancer that she needed to learn to say no and limit her commitments. So she learned to say no very quickly. She'll also tell you that time became a non-issue for her. She hates keeping a calendar. She hates having to be held to a schedule. Uh, and she learned to live in the present moment and enjoy the present moment that she had right in front of her. Because she said, I can't live in the past. And I certainly can't live in the future because if I think too much about the future, I get anxious and panicky. So I have to learn to listen, uh, live in the present moment. 
and learn to stop and smell the proverbial and literal wildflowers on her path. You see, she lives in the mountains on a secluded 47 acre farm with a Clearwater Creek on one side and a river on the other. And she'll tell you that she walks her property several times per day and enjoys the mountain wildflowers, all of the deer and turkey and geese. And, and I mean, they have tons of wildlife on this property and she'll even tell you that she'll frequently lie down in the middle of that ice cold mountain Creek and just let the water wash over her. Uh, I mean, all of that sounds therapeutic on its own, but again, she'll tell you that her best healing occurred when she returned to her first love. You see, she had always had a love for horses, but through the years in the busyness of life and raising a family and running a family business, she loosened her hold on her first love. It wasn't until she received the cancer diagnosis that she got back in the saddle for the first time in years, literally got back in the saddle. Since that time, she's taken weeks long treks over many mountain ranges here in the continental North America, including the Teton Mountains. And most recently, she booked a trip to Lisbon, Spain to learn dressage horseback riding technique from the very best teachers on the planet. I mean, think about that. 74 years young, and she's still keeping top of mind self-care and taking care of herself and setting limits on her time, living in the present moment. And, oh, my gosh, I've always had it on my bucket list that I wanted to learn dressage horseback riding from the experts in Lisbon, Spain. And at 74, she's doing it. She also runs a horse rescue on her farm and gives credit to the healing power of returning to her first love of horses as being the turning factor for complete and total healing in her life. Though her practices may not sound like uh, images of uh, the images of mindfulness and meditation practices you may have conjured in your mind when I was talking about it earlier, they certainly are mindful and meditative all on their own. So when or if you ever get faced with crushing news medically, I want you to ask yourself, what is my first love that I need to return to? Because often that is the most meditative and mindful practice that you can do. For some people, it may be gardening. For some people, it may be taking long hikes in nature. Whatever the case may be, do your thing. Find the thing that recharges your battery, that pours resources back into you. And often that will be the very thing that brings about healing in your life. It will certainly decrease your anxiety. I can guarantee you that. That's all I've got for today. I don't even really have a a call to action. If you have any questions, want to reach out to me about any of the content in today's show, just have a comment, leave comments below. Uh, in the feed below, whether you're on YouTube or where you're on Facebook, where it, it doesn't matter. Instagram, it doesn't matter. Leave me a comment. Um, and if you want to privately message me, you can reach me at Dr. Brian G. Brown on Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'll be glad to answer any questions you got. Uh, most informed, most trusted, and most grateful you spent this time with us today. Until next time, stay in the zone. I'm Dr. Brian Brown. Yeah.